Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Iceberg Recap, your home for Pittsburgh Penguins game recaps and analysis. You can follow us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcast from by simply searching Tip of the Iceberg. The Pittsburgh Penguins for the second consecutive night lose by one goal, this time falling by a final score of 2-1 to one to the Winnipeg Jets. They have a couple days off to get prepared for their next matchup against the Florida Panthers, but this was once again a difficult game to parcel out because the Penguins looked half decent in the second period. They looked all right in the third period, but in the first, they looked kind of not themselves. I mean, it wasn't bad to some extent, but also some of those old habits that really hurt the Penguins early on in the season crept up against a very fast, very talented Winnipeg Jets team, and it ended up costing the Penguins at the end of the day. Now, here's what I'm going to lay out for you, because this is about tonight's game, but also kind of about the last two seasons for the Penguins, which has kind of felt like one big failure of a season to this point. The past two years, Penguins' losses have all had a unique commonality. Different from last year to this year, but still, it felt feels like the majority of losses all come in a similar fashion for this Penguins team. Last year, their biggest issue, their Achilles heel, was blown third-period leads. They were the league leaders in blowing third-period leads last season, and that kept them out of a postseason spot. This year, it's not as much blowing third-period leads, but mainly because they don't get leads once they get to the third period. It's slow starts and first period deficits. That is what has been the Achilles heel. That is what has killed the Penguins more often than not in the games that they have lost this season. They're playing from behind far too much, and it's been too much of a constant for this team throughout the entirety of the season in October, November, December, all the way up through now where we're sitting at February 11th, and it is still an issue for the Penguins, an issue that... Kyle Dubas on the GM show about a month or two ago addressed saying some nights with an older team like we have in Pittsburgh, the Penguins are just going to expect that some nights it's going to take a little bit of time for them to get their legs going, especially a top six, which contributes the majority of your goals, having a 37-year-old center on the second line and a 36-year-old center in Sidney Crosby, who, don't get me wrong, Crosby is playing at a very much heart trophy level, but there are some nights that the entire team takes a little bit longer to get going. And tonight ended up being one of those nights. They went down two to nothing early. They got going and they were back to even really with the Winnipeg Jets throughout the majority of the game. But still, this team was not able to fight back from that early deficit, that early hole that they put themselves in. And with that, let's move over and look at the goal recap. A short one in this game between the Penguins and the Winnipeg Jets. As you would expect, as both of these teams are towards the top of the league when it comes to goals allowed. They're good at keeping the other team off of the score sheet, and we saw that happen in this game. Winnipeg Jets early. Like I said, the Penguins started to play the Jets style of game early. Back and forth, transition hockey. The Penguins aren't great at that. The Jets, on the other hand, are. And they're able to take advantage of it. A 2-1-1, Nikolai Ehlers and Mark Scheifele, two of the players that you probably don't want to be in on a 2-on-1 on your goaltender. Not to mention the fact that the defenseman back for the Penguins was Eric Carlson, and he just had no chance whatsoever of making a play. He was nowhere close to making a play on that one where he should be taking away the pass. He didn't. Ehlers gets it over to Shifley. That one-timer beats Tristan Jari for Shifley's 15th goal of the season. And a Winnipeg was up one to nothing. A little bit later, 
this time not off the rush, but the Penguins, another area in which they need to get better at, and they have desperately needed to get better at for a very long time, is protecting the net front. Nate Schmidt sends the puck in on net, in it, not inadvertently, excuse me, but purposely wide of the net, bounces it off the backboards, and it comes out to Nino Niederreiter, who was standing in front of the net, unperturbed by Chad Ruedel and John Ludwig, who were on the ice for the Penguins on the defensive side of things. Niederreiter pots his 13th goal of the season assist go to Nate Schmidt and Logan Stanley, and the Penguins once again have a two-goal deficit before the first 20 minutes have even ended. They come out in the second period, and they look much, much better. They're playing their style of game. It's lower event hockey than we saw in the first period, and it ends up leading to a goal to cut that lead in half. Brian Rust gets a sweet deflection goal past Connor Hellebuck, his 13th goal of the season. Eric Carlson picks up his 30th assist on the season with the shot pass from the point. And obviously Ryan Graves, the defense partner of Carlson, was able to get the secondary assist on that one. And the Penguins, they cut it to 2-1. to one. They had a couple of opportunities in the third period on the man advantage. The power play goes 0-4 once again. They had scored goals in two straight games out of the All-Star break coming into this one. But they were not able to cash in on the man advantage in this one. And they also weren't able to cash in in the late in the third period with the empty net. The tale of two teams when it comes to playing at the six on five the last two days. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, the Penguins lost by one both Friday night and Saturday night. They did have the empty net both Friday night and Saturday night. They looked good on Friday, but Marc-Andre Fleury just stoned them, was able to make the saves, was able to hold the fort, and got the, win, uh, the Minnesota Wild the win. This night, not the same. The Penguins got one shot on goal with the six on five in the final minute of play. There was one point where Evgeny Malkin had the puck at the right point and just kind of sat there for 10 seconds, maybe five, 10 seconds. And you say, all right, well, you're wasting time, but did you make the play? Did that time you took to assess and assess and assess lead to an opportunity? No, it didn't. He ended up going down the right half wall. The puck gets turned over shortly after and the puck gets cleared out right after that. So, Poor play there by Evgeny Malkin, and also poor play on, I believe it was Jake Gensel's part, where the puck came back into the zone, he makes the save, and then he immediately turns the puck back over. So not great execution on the 6-on-5 tonight for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and as a result, the Winnipeg Jets go away with a rather, I wouldn't say easy win, because no win by one goal in the National Hockey League is an easy win, but they didn't have to get their blood pressure up very much late in that game. Penguins were creating a lot of opportunities in the 6-on-5, and Connor Hellebuck had been stout and sturdy throughout the entire game, the only goal being a great deflection by Brian Russ that most goalies would be unable to stop. So, Penguins, you know, out with a whimper at the end of this game. They did have some very good moments, but they also had some poor moments. And in that first period, they had a lot of poor moments, giving up way too many odd men rushes. This is stuff that we saw in October. This is stuff that we saw in early November that plagued the Penguins, uh, and they crept back up in this one and ended up biting them in the butt for a second consecutive loss on a second consecutive night for the Pens, this time against the Winnipeg Jets. Let's move over to the three stars of the game in this one. I am going to give two Penguins a star in this one simply because I want to discuss their performance more so than I want to give them an actual star. Certainly, the Winnipeg Jets had players that performed better than a Brian Rust, I would say. But Brian Rust, to me, he scores the lone goal for the Penguins. He gets the third star of the game in this one. Not only was he scoring goals, but he also, in the first period, was one of the players that were creating chances for the Penguins. Now, I get it, and I said it. The Penguins are not going to win if it goes to 
chance-for-chance opportunities. They just don't score on enough of their chances to be able to do that because their defense, if they're giving up odd man rushes, more often than not is going to give up that cross-ice pass like we saw to Shifley, and that's going to end up in the back of the net. Nothing Tristan Jari could have done on that one. So Brian Russ, while it was that shot-for-shot, chance-for-chance opportunity type game, Brian Russ, I thought, had a really good game, was on it from really early on. You could feel that he had an extra jump in the game, and he created some great chances early on. The Penguins, again, just couldn't capitalize on him, couldn't get the puck past Connor Hellebuck, but I thought it was a solid performance from Brian Rust. Second star of the game, I am going to give it to Connor Hellebuck. He was sturdy for the Winnipeg Jets in this one. 35 saves on 36 shots, Expect exactly what you would expect from one of the few workhorses left in the National Hockey League. I would say it's probably Hellebuck. Vasilevsky, when he's healthy, he hasn't been healthy much of this season. Obviously missed early portions of it when Jonas Johansson was the starter for Tampa Bay. But not a lot of guys that you could expect to play 55 or more games and be steady throughout that 55 or more game sample size. I would say Connor Hellebuck is still among the very select few players that can do that in the goaltending position. He was great tonight. He was great on Tuesday against the Penguins. But of course, as we talked about in that recap, it was a lot of the power play that did the damage against the Winnipeg Jets. First star of the game in this one, I'll give it to Tristan Jari. I think both goaltenders were really good in this one, but Tristan Jari was tested much more often and with much higher quality opportunities, and he stood on his head. He's the only reason the Penguins weren't down three or four or five to nothing. Stop me if you heard that before. In the first period of play, he was great, kept the Penguins in the game, made a couple 10-bell saves in the process, made 29 saves on 31 shots. And while, yes, this is the first time he has ever lost to the Winnipeg Jets, his resume continues to be built against this team. Six games played, very, very solid numbers against this Winnipeg Jets team, including a shout-out on... Tuesday this week, and a solid performance on Saturday night despite not getting the win. Final thoughts in this one, and I've kind of alluded to it or mentioned it or talked about it a little bit throughout, so this might sound a little repetitive, but the Penguins got caught playing Winnipeg's game early, and they just cannot afford to do it. The Penguins have a formula for how they're going to win games based on how they're currently constructed. They're an older team that's not going to be able to have success in the transition. They're not great at puck breaking the puck out of their own zone. They're not great at getting zone exits. They're not great at getting zone entries. And you can look at Jay Fresh's hockey card, his team stat hockey card, and it says as much. The Penguins are not a good team. In fact, they're one of the worst teams when it comes to being in transition in the National Hockey League. They can't play that game. They tried to do it early against Winnipeg, and they got down two goals because of it. They have to play within themselves from the early going because as we've seen this season they've played from behind so often that drains you more than anything and if the Penguins are going to make a run here you can't continue to drain yourself by going down two three and in some instances looking back in the first game of January against the Washington Capitals going down four goals early in a game it's just not possible for a team that is so uneven when it comes to scoring goals to be able to come back on a consistent basis to be able to come back night in and night out and that's what they've been trying to force themselves to do now with that they're not out of a playoff race they're not out of, I mean they're out of a playoff spot but they're not completely buried in the playoff race but they need to start making better habits, getting into better habits, and trying to shed some of these old ones. This is one that hasn't reared its head in a while, but the fact that it crept back in tells you that it's still an issue that you need to keep an eye out for. The Penguins, if they're not going to be at their best early in the game, they have to make sure that they're at their best in the at least the defensive zone. 
If you're not going to be able to score goals, if you're not going to be able to push the issue in the offensive zone early on because you need to get your feet underneath you, you need to be a little bit more tentative. Maybe not tentative is the right word, but you need to be a little bit more responsible in the defensive zone. They weren't tonight. A lot of odd man rushes in the first period for Winnipeg. A lot of great opportunities for Winnipeg in the first period. They take advantage and go up 2 to nothing. And I would say neither goal was really on Tristan Jari. Nino Niederreiter was unobstructed in front of the net. He was the lowest guy on the entire ice besides Tristan Jari in the offensive zone. Ruedel let him in behind him. Didn't really impede his progress at all around the net front. And then the first goal, of course, as we mentioned, a two-on-one. I'd have to go back and look at what happened to Ryan Graves on that one because he was completely out of the play. But Eric Carlson, there was no chance on that two-on-one that Anybody had any faith that Eric Carlson was going to break up a cross-ice pass, and I think Nikolai Ehlers knew that as well. That's why he dished off a perfect feed to Mark Scheifele for the first goal of the game. So I think you saw the Penguins get much better results when they slowed the game down a little bit in the second and third period. They need to be able to, if they're not going to have their A game in the first, they need to be able to keep the game low event because if not, you're going to see exactly what happened tonight. They went down, and they were not able to get back up. One last thought before we go. Something to monitor. Obviously, the Penguins are without Noel Achari from being injured in the previous game against the Winnipeg Jets. Penguins also now lose another player in a matchup against the Jets. Jansen Harkins left the game in the second period, did not come back, so we'll have to keep an eye out on his injury status as the week progresses. The Penguins do have some time off, so he'll have some time to recover, have some time to rest, as they have three days off before a home game against the Florida Panthers on Wednesday night, I think we can all expect that's going to be a highly contested matchup. It was one of the first or one of the last games, I should say, before the All-Star break. Penguins versus the Florida Panthers. It was physical. It was chippy. It was violent. There was blood. I would expect nothing less in this next matchup on Wednesday night because for some reason, these two teams are just not a fan of each other. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Iceberg Recap. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Remember, you can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcasts from.